Hi, my name is Andrew Chamberlain, and I'm a writer and creative writing tutor, and you are listening to the Creative Writer's Tool Belt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. In the last episode, I talked about the most important elements of characterization, and I think that these are, first, that the character must have integrity, and second, that they are an individual. And in that last episode, I talked about the two components of character integrity, and they are plausibility, or believability, and consistency. And in the spirit of making these podcasts very practical, I'm going to start this one with a little exercise. You won't need to stop whatever you're doing. You won't need a pen or paper. You just need to do a little bit of thinking. So here it is. Think of one of the main characters from your current writing project, or maybe one you've just finished. Get that character in your mind now. Think about them, because I'm going to ask a couple of questions about them in a moment. So I'm going to start off a conversation between you and me about this character. And what I'd like you to do is to take over in that conversation when I tell you. So I'll start first. That character that you're thinking about, they are not a believable character. They're just not believable. They're just not plausible. To which you may well answer, they absolutely are believable. They are plausible. So I'm saying to you, okay, you've got 30 seconds to explain just two things to me. First, what is it? that motivates that character that you've been thinking about? And second, why do they behave the way they do? So I'm going to give you 15 seconds to tell me what motivates that character, and then you'll have another 15 seconds to tell me why they behave the way they do. And I don't really care what answer you give me, as long as you do give me an answer. So think about that character now, and you have 15 seconds to tell me about what motivates them starting now. Okay, now I'm going to give you another 15 seconds and I want you to tell me why the character behaves in the way they do. And I want you to give me at least one example of something they do, some way in which they behave and the reason behind it. Okay, you've got 15 seconds now. Okay, I hope you found that exercise useful. I'd encourage you to try it perhaps for a longer period of time, maybe with a piece of paper and a pencil later on or whenever you get the chance to do it. And try it with some of your other principal characters, protagonists, antagonists. Okay, so let's get to the next stage then of characterization, and that is making your character into an individual. And there's two specific aspects to that that I want to deal with. First is descriptive markers. These are the features, especially features that characters can control themselves which mark them out as a person. And the second thing I want to look at is character weaknesses. So let's start with descriptions, or more particularly, descriptive markers. These are the external features of the character, things that people can actually see, especially features that the character can control. The first thing to say is, don't load your character with too many of these. They're not a Christmas tree. You don't have to deck them out. They just need enough of these things to be individual and to support an authentic picture of the character. So to give you some examples, From the Harry Potter series, Harry has a very distinctive pair of glasses and, of course, he has his scar. If you're familiar with Sherlock Holmes at all, Sherlock Holmes enjoys playing the violin. If you've watched Star Trek, Mr Spock has rather curious pointed ears. If you've read Treasure Island, you know that in that book, 
the pirate Long John Silver has a single leg and a parrot called Captain Flint. And all of these are the kind of vivid and specific descriptive markers you should be thinking about for your own character. Sometimes a perfectly placed detail will tell us a lot about a character. In his book Slaughterhouse-Five, Kurt Vonnegut describes his protagonist, Billy Pilgrim, in this way. He was a funny-looking child who became a funny-looking youth, tall and weak, and shaped like a bottle of Coca-Cola. And so long as you know what shape a bottle of Coca-Cola is, that's a brilliant description. It works wonderfully well. It just gives you a sense of this slightly gangly, slightly too tall, too thin youth. And sometimes physical description can be bound up in the character's activities, their work, for example. Or it could be their, their passion or their hobbies. So in his book Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury conveys something of the personality and the mania of his character through an aspect of his work. Here he is describing his protagonist early on in the book. He knew that when he returned to the firehouse, he might wink at himself, a minstrel man, burnt corked in the mirror. Later, going to sleep, he would feel the fiery smile still gripped by his face muscles in the dark. It never went away, that smile. It never, ever went away as long as he remembered. Now, that is a brilliant description, because if you've ever spent time near a fire, you will know that the heat can make you grin. It forces that tight smile onto your face. So it's a true description. And Ray Bradbury achieves integrity for his character in the way I described in the last episode. He's creating an individual person for us with all of that person's mania and devotion to work. So give your character a feature or a small number of features that the reader can recognise and empathise with. And that way you will draw them into the story and your character will become real to them. So let's go on to look at character weaknesses. And this is another great way to make your character an individual. Your principal characters should, of course, have a range of strengths and skills. But what will really make them stand out as individuals is their weaknesses. Take superheroes as an example. The single weakness of a superhero may seem a bit contrived, but they point to a truth that a hero protagonist will seem more human and more interesting if they have a weakness. Or if not a weakness, some internal moral code that drives them to do something which might seem illogical or certainly would weaken their position. So, for example, Superman is superhuman, but if he's exposed to kryptonite, it reduces him to a weakling, even paralysing him. And from the classics, we have the example of the mighty Achilles. He was dipped into the river Styx at birth by his mother while she was holding his heel. And as a consequence, he became completely invulnerable apart from that heel. And he was only killed when Paris shot him through the heel with an arrow. How much more interesting these characters become because of their weaknesses. And it begs the question, what is your protagonist's weakness? As another example, I wanted to show you how J.R.R. Tolkien handles the weakness that Bilbo Baggins has, namely his desire for the ring that he finds. I'm going to read two short passages with a little explanation between the two of them. Where is it? said Gandalf. In an envelope, if you must know, said Bilbo impatiently. There on the mantelpiece. Well, no, here it is in my pocket, he hesitated. Isn't that odd now? he said softly to himself. Yet after all, why not? Why shouldn't it stay there? Gandalf looked again very hard at Bilbo, and there was a gleam in his eye. I think, Bilbo, he said quietly, I should leave it behind. Don't you want to? Now, after this little passage, Gandalf and Bilbo actually have an argument about the ring, and this finishes with these words, and this is Bilbo speaking. I don't know what has come over you, Gandalf, he said. You have never been like this before. What is it all about? It is mine, isn't it? 
I found it, and Gollum would have killed me if I hadn't kept it. I'm not a thief, whatever he said. I have never called you one, Gandalf answered, and I am not one either. I am not trying to rob you, but to help you. I wish you would trust me as you used to. He turned away and the shadow passed. He seemed to dwindle again to an old grey man, bent and troubled. Bilbo drew his hands over his eyes. I'm sorry, he said. Now this weakness has all of the great features about it. It's completely believable. We believe that Bilbo would be very attracted to the ring, would want to keep it. And we identify with him because we've all been tempted to hold on to something that was precious to us. And it's part of the genius of Tolkien that even in this weakness, Bilbo passes the test. He does give up the ring and we respect him for it. He is, after all, one of the few characters to successfully resist the ring. So we've seen how descriptive markers and character weaknesses can help to make a character into an individual that the reader can understand and empathise with. And in future episodes of this series on characterization, I'm going to look at other areas like motivation, habits and hobbies, compulsions and dialogue. But in the next episode, just to mix things up a bit, I'm going to talk about what I think are the three most important things in your life that you need to persevere and develop as a writer. So in this episode, I've drawn inspiration from Nancy Cress's talk at the recent Paradise Icon workshop on characterization, And you can hear that talk if you go and find the Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing podcast episode number 260. I've also quoted from Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut, which is published by Vintage Classics, from Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury, published by Harper Voyager, and from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, by J.R.R. Tolkien, published by HarperCollins. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We do have a group at Goodreads, that's at goodreads.com. We're on Twitter, at Writer's Toolbelt, and you can email me, andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. My thanks as ever to the guys from Podcast Themes for providing the theme music. Thank you to you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.